0: In my previous talks, I've spoken about three disguises that God has used. The first, the carpenter's son, Jesus of Nazareth. Second, God's messengers. And third, a child. Today, in my last talk in this series, I'm going to speak about one more disguise that God has often used and still uses today, his persecuted people. God suffers with his persecuted people He identifies himself with them, and the way we treat them is reckoned as the way we treat God himself. This is brought out so clearly in the example of Saul of Tarsus. When Saul of Tarsus is introduced in the New Testament, he's the number one persecutor of that strange new sect in Jerusalem that came to be known as the Nazarenes, or the people that followed the way those whom we today would identify as Christians. Not content with persecuting the Christians in Jerusalem, Paul decided that he was going to stamp out this sect in every city. And so he obtained authority from the chief priests in Jerusalem to go to the city of Damascus and there arrest and deal with any followers of Jesus he might find. However, as he was on the way from Jerusalem to Damascus, you will recall... He had an unexpected encounter with Jesus himself. This is the description of the encounter, and I want you to note particularly the way in which Jesus spoke to Saul of Tarsus. Of course, Saul of Tarsus later became the great apostle Paul. In Acts 9 verses 1 through 6, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Saul asked, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. You notice what Jesus asked Saul. He didn't say, why are you persecuting my people, my followers, my disciples? He said, why are you persecuting me? And when Saul asked who he was, he said, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. You see, God's people don't suffer alone. They may suffer terribly, but always God is with them in their sufferings. He's identified with them if they're suffering for his name and for his glory and in obedience to him. And the way we deal with those people is the way we deal with God. That's a disguise that many rulers and leaders of society throughout the ages didn't penetrate. They persecuted the humble, poor people of God, didn't realize that they were actually dealing with God himself in his people. So we need to understand that Jesus identifies himself with his persecuted people. It's particularly important to understand this as this age draws to its close because Jesus himself warned his followers that as this age draws to a close, there will be worldwide persecution of Christians followers of Jesus. This is what he says in Matthew 24 verses 4 through 9. Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ or the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, things that we are seeing today all around the world. Then he goes on, all these are the beginning of birth pains, the birth pains of a new age. But then he adds in reference to this period, then you, that's his disciples, you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. So you see, there's going to be worldwide persecution of the followers of Jesus. I advise you, and I advise myself, let's be on our guard that we never take the wrong side, that we never in any way allow ourselves to become identified with the persecutors of the people of Jesus. Because if we do, we're going to have to answer to God as if we had treated God himself that way. On the other hand, those who receive and show mercy to the people of God will in turn qualify for God's mercy. This is what Jesus says in Matthew ten, forty-one and 42. Anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. When we penetrate the disguise and see who it is we're dealing with and accept them for what they are in God and for how God sees them, then we qualify for the same reward as that person. If the person is a prophet, we qualify for a prophet's reward. If the person is a righteous man, we qualify for a righteous man's reward. And then Jesus goes on and says it comes down to very simple basics. If anyone gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. In other words... We're going to be judged by God for the way we deal with God's people, especially when they're being persecuted, especially when they're in need, especially when it would be easy to turn our back on them and say, well, it's their fault. They shouldn't have been so religious or they should have been more careful about how they spoke. And many, many things. There's going to be a real pressure to turn against God's persecuted people as this age comes to its close. But remember when we do that, We're turning against God himself. I've said that Jesus identifies himself with his people who are persecuted. I want to add and to emphasize that this includes those who are his brothers by natural birth, that is, the Jewish people. In Revelation 5, Jesus is called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. In other words, he's eternally identified in a special way with Judah. And Judah is the name from which we get the word Jew or Jewish. So Jesus, in a certain sense, is eternally identified with the Jewish people. And the way we treat the Jewish people is going to be reckoned to us as the way we've treated their great elder brother, their king whom they have not yet recognized, Jesus himself. You see, Israel is becoming more and more the focus of world leaders and governments. Every day you'll read something in the paper about Israel. That tiny little nation is the focus of world news and world attention. This is not an accident. God has arranged it because he's going to judge the nations by the way they relate to Israel. I want to read you a rather lengthy passage from Matthew 25 that brings this out so clearly. Matthew 25 verses 31 through 46. Jesus is speaking. I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. See, he's identified with his brothers. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, and notice this reply again, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. So what we do for his brothers, we do for him. And what we do not do for his brothers, we do not do for him. And then it says, the summation, then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. What was the grounds of their punishment? They had failed to recognize Jesus in his persecuted people. In persecuting and siding against those people, they had taken their stand against Almighty God himself. This is a serious thought whether we apply it to the disciples of Jesus or to the people of Jesus by natural birth, the Jewish people. Just let me quote to you one sentence from the prophet Zechariah chapter 2, verse 8, spoken concerning the Jewish people. Whoever touches you touches the apple of God's eye. Remember that when you speak about the Jews, when you think about them, when you take your stand or attitude concerning them, when you touch them, you're touching the most sensitive part of God. The very apple of his eye. Let's be on our guard. Thank you for listening. For more inspiring teaching, visit our website at dpmuk.org forward slash podcast and like our page at facebook.com forward slash dpmuk to join our online community. Derek Prince, teaching you can trust.